Amelia, who's our guest this week? Who's laughing in the background? Aw. <laughs> Today, we have um, the original Matt Nerd, Connor Taylor. Oh, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you Such for Such an honor. <laughs> you have been so supportive. It's taking us too long to get you here. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, that's nice. You never tell me anything. Or do you? What? About our fans. Oh, yeah, I Julia do. holds I all the information you. and just... <laughs> I told you that Connor made up the name Matt Nerd, like, oh, for our, yeah, our fans. I was, like, in that. the middle of, like, working or something, listening to it, and I was like, oh, my God, I just had a great idea that I need to tell Julia right now. <laughs> and it was a great idea. Thank you. It's the best idea, probably, that this podcast ever had. New merch ideas, for sure. Ooh, yeah. I would yeah. wear a Matt Nerd t-shirt. That's well, cool. we have to get through the original matinee shirts first. Oh my god, I wear mine all the time. You're the best. But I also just really like the colors. Anyway. I love that. That's good, because we made them for you, oh. basically. <laughs> um, so, what movie did you pick for this week? I chose Kill Bill. Interesting. And can I uh, point out what other films you gave us as options? Um, I believe I gave Spirited Away and Pulp Fiction. And... Um, the really oh, Battle Royale. Battle oh my god, Royale. Battle Royale. Yes, sorry, that was me. I was honestly surprised that three out of four of you movies were so bloody. I Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I also was considering Shrek 2, but I was like, <laughs> if there's Shrek some... Shrek 2? Yeah, because it, anim- it is a masterpiece. You are truly like, it's full of multitude. <laughs> I didn't Shrek expect 2, Battle Royale. And you wanted to do The Devil Wears Prada as well. Yes, yes. I do love that movie too. That one unfortunately was claimed, but, but I think by range. people but I feel like by people who could talk about it better than I could. With like people I'm who sure you would have been great. Into, yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Interesting film to watch, very hungover and mm-hmm. kind of like with an upset stomach. Yeah, definitely. Um, Connor, what is what is your relationship to this movie? Like when did you first see it? What I remember seeing it when I was like 10 mm-hmm. and I just but it was like I saw blips of it because it was my parents who were watching it mm-hmm. um, and they obviously didn't want me to watch it but mm-hmm. I would like creep upstairs and just like yeah. peek and I remember very distinctly feet just yep just feet because <laughs> she was doing some sort of you know break dancing foot thing it was wait break dancing foot thing <laughs> in the house of blue leaves we'll definitely get to oh, it oh okay, okay 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 but I just remember seeing feet flying and I was like yeah that's uh I love that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I was also the homage to Bruce Lee. I remember recognizing it and just being like, what's happening? What is that from? But I don't know. Great movie. It is definitely one of my favorites. Do okay. you have a favorite between volume one and volume two? Oh, volume one. Okay. But for like, mm, I think the like main villains are more interesting. Mm-hmm. There's more action. I mean, just like gauging from, like statistically there's three people who die in the second one Mm -hmm. and like we see on screen like 44 die Mm -hmm. in the first one okay yeah like there's just more going on so you just want to see people die (laughs) well yeah no and yes i want to see them die in like this particular like super badass female with a samurai sword just like plowing through people it also draws a lot of parallels to like a lot of the video games that i love oh true and it almost like in a lot of the battle scenes, it almost like plays out in phases, which is exactly what you know, boss fights do in like some of the games that I really mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. I've never and thought about that before, but that makes so much sense. <laughs> there's like, and there's almost like, it, it almost plays out like cutscenes, Yeah. Because it's like a comic book movie almost. Mm-hmm. It like plays out like that. But then there's also like, there's all this music and 
mm-hmm. different levels of difficulty that she has to sort of progress through. True. Oh my God. And then there's like literal boss battle music. Like it's mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it tickles all of my fancy. <laughs> it's, it gives me that unique hit of dopamine that I look for. And that's okay. kind of exactly what the movie is made as. It's made to take all these different aspects of things that people like from other genres and mm-hmm. put them in one thing. Mm-hmm. And like every kind of villain is meant to represent a different genre yeah. of style of cinema, mm-hmm. which is kind of what probably, and like the best part of that or like the most exciting part mm-hmm. of that. And I think that's why I was drawn to this movie as well originally. Well, yeah, I, so I don't, you, you're a fan of this movie? I, yeah, I, I struggle with it because I <laughs> truly hate Quentin Tarantino. I think he is like un- insufferable. What's the word? Insufferable. Insufferable. Yeah. But like, I kind of like this movie, yeah. but at the same time, I watch it and I'm like, "Motherfucker, like, just fucking get to the fucking point!" Like, enough, enough is enough. Thank fucking God, Uma Thurman is in this movie because I think she kind of like is like a shining star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would also say Lucy Liu is like, yeah, of course, perfectly cast, and she. Other than the fact that her Japanese is terrible. Oh, it is, is it? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that as well. I, mean, I noticed it. I was like, it's bad. And then I Googled, can Lucy Liu speak Japanese? And the first thing that came up just said, Lucy Liu speaks very, Japanese very poorly. <laughs> I think Uma Thurman speaks it better than her. I think her pronunciation is better. I mean, obviously I don't know, but like... Just hearing it and watching it, yeah. mm-hmm. I did have that thought. Oh my god! Now I need to rewatch it and like <laughs> listen for her. Like, I mean, it doesn't Japanese. really matter. So okay, it doesn't. No, it I will doesn't. say though, I have a funny story about this movie. Um, the first time I watched it, and the only other time I watched it until today, um, I I've only seen volume one. Full disclosure, um, and. I watched it in my res room in university by myself, and for some reason, it didn't have English subtitles on the Japanese. <laughs> oh my god, same! The first time I fully watched okay. it. <laughs> yes, and I was like, okay, I get the gist of this, but like, I obviously didn't get the movie in the way that I would have if I had known. <laughs> Did you what think they it was like saying. a choice? I wasn't sure, mm. and so I think I just was like. Maybe it was supposed to be like this. Maybe I'm not supposed Maybe to. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I shouldn't be in film school. <laughs> it's like you can infer yeah. only so far as like... So I just kept watching that's, it. That's a film student in first year. I don't speak Japanese. Maybe I shouldn't be in film school. <laughs> this isn't for me. Maybe I should quit. But I did like it. And yeah. I liked it rewatching it. It's very fun. Yeah. Obviously, I have issues with it. But mm. like overall, I, have, yeah. I found it pretty entertaining. The blood is hard to watch, I will say. And I still, I always, like, I wasn't allowed to watch this film for a long time or any of Quarantino. Quarantine. Quarantino's films. Because, like, my mom is really, like, opposed to violence and, like, yeah. in films. So this one, my mom always hated yeah, Quarantino as well. Yeah, my mom hated some. So for a long, I had to, like, sneak this movie. My, my dad kind of likes this film, I think. So I would, like, sneakily watch it while he was watching it. Mm-hmm. But I, I always remember. My mom being like, that sick motherfucker. He's just in love with Uma Thurman. He only <laughs> oh cast her God. because he wanted to like be with her or something. And it's incestuous and weird. My mom like really hates Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I mean, wow. I would say I don't like the movie because of Quentin Tarantino. I think I like it because of the people he cast. Yeah. yeah. More yeah. so than like him. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree for sure. Um, but it is like unmistakably a Tarantino film. Yes. If not the Tarantino film. Yeah. Although maybe people would say Pulp Fiction. I don't know. But anyway, 
This is his fourth. As Quentin Tarantino informs us at the beginning of this motherfucking movie, this is his fourth film. <laughs> because Quentin Tarantino loves nothing else than talking about Quentin Tarantino. This is true. Mm. This is like true. He fu- anyway, let's get into it. Okay. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go through the plot. Which, you know, there isn't even really that much plot because a no. lot of it is just fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we open on the credits like it's a black screen. All we can hear is heavy breathing. We meet the bride, played by Uma Thurman. She's on the floor covered in blood. A hand reaches out and wipes her face. The handkerchief says, Bill. I kept thinking his name was Charlie because of Charlie's Angels. I kept (laughs) getting them mixed up in my head. That kind of makes sense because it is the kind of like similarly like hidden white old man. Yes. I was like, this is kind of funny. (laughs) He would not like that. Tarantino. Um, Take that, Tarantino. She says, Bill, it's your baby. And then, bam, a gunshot. He shoots her. We see her lying there. Then we cut to a house in Pasadena, California. The mailbox reads, The Bells. Um, But the person we come to know as Vernita answers the door. She's played by Vivica A. Fox. Um, There's a flashback to her and the bride fighting. They immediately start fighting in real life and, like, destroy Vernita's house. Um, (laughs) The bride puts her in a chokehold. They fight with, like, a fireplace poker. They destroy everything. Um, And as they're fighting and bloody, the Vernita's little girl, her little daughter, comes home. um, And they're, like, so sweaty and bloody trying to pretend everything is normal, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Vernita's like, okay, I'm going to make some coffee. And they talk. She says that she's sorry that she fucked over the bride and she understands that she wants to get even. The bride's like, even if, if I wanted to get even, I would have to kill you, your daughter, and your husband. So we know that shit went down. There's beef. Yeah, <laughs> there's beef, to say the <laughs> least. To say the least. Um, she's like, you and I have unfinished finished business nothing you've done for the last four years changes that including having a kid okay one thing that really jumped out at me in this conversation was that vernita is like well let's meet tonight and have a knife fight mm-hmm. like you will wear all black, we'll put wear your, all black put your hair in a black stocking i was like a man wrote this <laughs> some weird a fetish. black stocking yeah what does that even mean it's so weird what I, does that mean? I literally dressed in all black, LOL, yeah. my note. <laughs> like, okay. What is she supposed to do? Like, I'm putting your hair up in a ponytail and putting the ponytail in a sock? That's what I'm imagining. Or Out of a they sign mean, of respect. Like, you know how, like, robbers wear tights on their heads? Yeah. Or the, I don't know. I, like, did not understand the, like, relevance of, like, <laughs> the dress code. <laughs> what if it's, like, these are very confusing directions and she just shows up in whatever? Yeah. I want to point out, this is, and this is something I thought about when I was watching it. It's like Uma Thurman slash the bride, mm-hmm. um, willing, like knowingly went to this person's house to kill this woman at like three 30 in the <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. Like when her daughter decides to come home, like from school, obviously she doesn't know about the daughter. Yeah. You know, That's okay. A good point, but like, there's so much of that in this movie too. Of like, how did this like logistically? How did these things happen? Why did they happen at these? Like, I wrote down so many things that don't make sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. But and then Rory, who I was watching it with, turned and he was like, "This isn't the film to question these things. No, like, exactly. Everything's <laughs> yeah, done yeah. for aesthetic purposes. Yeah. yeah. The style trumps the story. Content. Mm-hmm. Or the content. Guess, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's so true. She comes home like at three thirty, and she's like, "Oh crap! Your daughter didn't mean for you to see that." Like, um, couldn't you have chosen like the middle? I mean, especially if it's like if I'm gonna get even, Steven, we're gonna get square. Yeah, you know, <laughs> wouldn't you come at like two in the morning and just murder everyone quietly? 
I don't I, know. <laughs> but it's more than that. It's like, it's about having her see, like, it's about having her know she's alive and like being oh, there yeah. and being like, you owe me. Like, there's a lot of that in this movie where people could have just killed each other in an easy way, but they choose not to because they want to make, like, a whole thing of it. Yeah, and it's also, like, the explanations that they use sometimes. They do such a... They go to great lengths to explain things that don't really need to be explained. (laughs) And they make such a point in this scene, like, when when Uma Thurman's walking in to show that the, like, front yard is covered in kids' toys. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, we get it, like... One child has like so many toys. I was like, (laughs) fuck this kid. But she's changed. (sighs) Whatever. (laughs) Well, anyway, so they make this weird plan to meet that night. But then Vernita tries to shoot the bride through a cereal box. And the bride throws a knife at her and kills her. It's pretty iconic. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The daughter comes down and sees. The bride's like, I didn't mean to do that in front of you. But your mom had it coming. If you still feel raw about it when you're older, I'll be waiting. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, Revenge. She gets into her car. She crosses out Vernita's name on a list that reads Death List 5. <laughs> also, the child is completely unbothered just standing there. Like, that kid's going to be really messed up. Mm-hmm. I really, something I found extremely satisfying was when they're walking over the glass and the cereal on the floor. <laughs> oh my God, that crunch. Ooh. ASMR. That was ASMR. <laughs> they did a really good job kind of like dressing and special effectsing that whole scene with like continuity wise. Mm-hmm. That could have been a fucking mess because so much is like flying around everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Action scenes. I think I, I watched an interview where Quentin was like, like action like filmmakers and those directors are some of the most skilled because it can take so much skill to like keep everybody I don't know on the same page when it comes to what's going on and I had no trouble like because they're going between different rooms that's very true the geography is very understandable he actually like does a good job is that and I I don't know that's true I guess we have to give him props (laughs) there are props to be given there are it's true but there are also props to be taken (laughs) (laughs) so then it's chapter two so there are these like southern cops they're cops right Sheriff? Like sheriffs, but yeah. You, but isn't there only one sheriff? Isn't the sheriff like it's his? The sheriff and his son. Okay, the sheriff and his son. Son number one are um, in this little chapel where a wedding occurred, where everyone was killed, um, and they say it was definitely the work of professionals. We see that the bride is Uma Thurman. She's super pregnant. Um, the cops start talking about how beautiful she is. <laughs> <laughs> she spits blood at him. Um, she's not dead. And then we see her in the hospital hooked up to life support. So Daryl Hannah walks down the hall of the hospital whistling. She changes into like a sexy nurse outfit except for her shoes, which are the ugliest shoes I've ever seen in my life. They're like <laughs> worse than Crocs. Yeah. They're, but they're, that is what nurses wear. I know, but I, it was so silly how she was in this like sexy nurse outfit and then she wore like realistic nursing shoes. I also you... love that it's like even in the movie that the shoes are like... That's a good point. Why did we see her such feet a at Quentin all? move? Such a Quentin move. Anyway, clock <laughs> her outfit when she was coming in. That's like this um kind of overcoat with like a white overcoat with like the buttons and the belt drawn on. Yeah, I thought that was very cool. I thought it was cool too. I just watched Splash, so it was very weird to watch this. <laughs> She's so much older. Anyway, um, so she walks down the hall. She changes into the sexy nurse outfit. She has red liquid in a syringe um and we find out she's l driver she's also a member of the deadly viper assassination squad (laughs) she approaches the bride who's like comatose and she's like i never liked you but i respected you and she's about to inject the red stuff into her veins when her phone rings it's bill 
says to abort the mission. It's dishonorable to kill the bride when she can't defend herself, etc. In this scene, Bill is stroking his sword. I know. Really grossly. And at the end of the call, they both say, I love you. Ew. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> you haven't seen the second one, though, right? No. Okay. Well, that kind of plays... No, well, the, it kind of plays into... Because Uma obviously has a relationship with mm-hmm. Bill. But uh, the... What's her, what's her character name? Elle. L driver. L also has a thing okay. for Bill. I think if I remember. I think all the women in his life, I think, have a thing for Bill. That's a good fight scene, by the way, when Uma Thurman fights L in the trailer. Oh, yeah. That's like I almost like two better than <laughs> yeah. one. Because of mm-hmm. I can see why that would be the case. Because that one that scene is dope. It's so good. I gotta watch it. <laughs> um maybe give it some time between the yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> But I do actually want to watch it after watching this. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they end the call by saying, I love you, question mark. Um, <laughs> I was like, don't you ever wake up. And then we cut to four years later. Wait, I want to say something because yes, this is like course. a fun little tidbit. Please interrupt whenever you oh, okay. want to. Yeah. So, L's name in the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad is the California Mountain Snake, which is the only snake in the group that isn't venomous, which is a mm-hmm. little nod to the fact that she couldn't poison Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, she couldn't poison him with her man. Oh. Yeah. So all the... Oh, right, because all the other one have, them have snake names. Yeah. Yeah. They're the deadly viper. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, honestly, <laughs> never thought of that. Yeah. But it's interesting because Black Mamba is the most venomous. In the well, there you go. And that's the bride. So. <laughs> that was a very good... Yeah, Thank was, you. Damn. Um, okay, yeah. So four years later, a mosquito lands on the bride she wakes up she starts screaming and sobbing about her baby when she realizes the baby's gone yeah really intense um a nurse walks in and she pretends to be comatose the nurse is like this gross guy who brings this other guy with him he says it's 75 bucks to have sex with her i hate this scene so much it's obvious that he's been doing this all along he's been like renting out her body to random men so gross yeah it made me so uncomfortable like do we have to i know i know we don't it felt like such a weird thing because it doesn't like it doesn't add to her yeah because she doesn't like her trauma is like and her like her character is like about revenge and i just Mm -hmm. don't know why this was in it it's true and she already has like so much trauma anyway like why did you have to add that she was being raped Raped. while she was in a coma i just don't get it he just takes it like 15 steps too far (laughs) always yeah i I cannot watch reservoir dogs like that it's just too far. Yeah. I haven't seen that. That movie's good. Don't though. watch it. <laughs> it's really good. I don't like it. Like I, I cannot like it. Okay, fair enough. No, <laughs> totally fair enough. Also, it's like really hard to watch. It's very violent and un- unnecessarily. It's it's so true though. It's like she has enough. She already has enough trauma to motivate her. Like she doesn't need yeah. this whole rape storyline. Totally unnecessary. Also, the movie's like two hours long. I like, guess it's just like. We see her being a badass right away. She kills him. And also she like somehow has a knife on her. And she, the guy, the first guy that she bit his lip off. Mm -hmm. Killing him. Yeah. Yeah. Also like her top of her body works, but her lower body doesn't work. Well, I guess it's like she hasn't been like, you have to like relearn how to walk. No, you have to relearn how to use all your your muscles atrophy. Like your whole body atrophies. Not just your legs. She also calls it entropy, which I get like she says later because she's like wheeling my legs out of entropy. And I'm oh, like, what? That's just Quentin Tarantino thinking he's a poet. Yeah. <laughs> God. So yeah, she kills these guys. 
Uh, she slams his head in the door. This is like the wor- the hardest death to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I, I any hate sort of like that. head crunching noise. I'm like, Whoa. and yeah. his like body kind of like twitching. Yeah, it's, it's really gross. Hard so to watch. she steals his car, which is like this yellow truck that says "pussy wagon" on it. Um, <laughs> hello, hello, baby. You called again. Here with the- you know whose idea it was to give that car for that music video? Quentin Tarantino. Yep. <laughs> he owns the car. It is his. Ew. (laughs) It also features in Missy Elliott's I'm Really Hot. Yes. Interesting. What a storied career for the pussy wagon. (laughs) It's truly disgusting. Um, So, yeah, she obviously has some trouble stealing the car because she hasn't walked in four years. But after 13 hours or whatever, she figures it out in like 13 hours someone would have noticed two dead guys in the coma department also the like the noise the screaming there's so much noise yeah. there's just no like authority <laughs> yeah. like force i know it was, in this whole movie to, so like yeah. with that in mind it's like everything makes sense if the police just don't exist <laughs> or if, like a great anybody like this doesn't exist so yeah she says she can see the faces of those who did this to her they're the members of the deadly viper assassin squad um, Oren Ishii was the first person on her kill list. She witnessed her parents be murdered by a Japanese mob boss. And then there's this animated sequence um, that's like Japanese anime where we see this unfold. Um, she swore revenge. She was nine when her parents got murdered. But then it's like, lucky for her, the mob boss was a pedophile. It's disgusting. <laughs> she was able to well. like kill him while they were having sex. Which this is like anime scene was inspired by a Bollywood film that yes, also goes into so, it. So, so it's strange. I always thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. This anime scene, upon rewatch, mm-hmm. didn't like it. Strange. It's really strange. Yeah, I mean the physics of like this dude throwing these people against like bookshelves and they're like. I wonder <laughs> if like the whole thing was budget. Because they had fifty five, fifty five. They had fifty five million dollars to make this. I don't know if they could have fit that in because, like, the crazy eighty eight scene already took like two months. To yeah, or something. I, f- I don't think so. I think it was a stylistic choice. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Because apparently they, like, when they were talking about whether or not to condense things down into like one film, that was like a scene they were going to cut and stuff. Yeah, it's true though. Because why the fuck do we get? Um, Oren's Oren? Yeah. Oren's like backstory. Who cares? Okay, I like it because it draws parallels to the bride story. Both of them have revenge stories. Yeah. Yeah, And so that's why at the end when, you know, oh, I don't want to say what's happening at the end. (laughs) We're going to get there. But but we see that they're like evenly matched in a way. Like she's, we we understand the scope of her like skills. You almost sympathize with her, though. Yeah, oh, totally. Because the line, lucky for her, the mob boss was a pedophile. It's a cho- choice. Yeah. Choices. I just think it's interesting because both of, like, the bride and Oren have, like, family tragedy revenge mm-hmm. stories. and That's very true. Yeah. And I, I, I just like that, like, you can root for both of them while Oren still being the villain. Even though it's, like, with this context, it's, like... I don't know. I think I love her. I love Oren. Yeah, yeah. Oren is a fucking badass. She is a she badass. Is. So she kills the mob boss who killed her parents. And then she basically like becomes the boss. And the bride says that she played a part in killing nine people on her wedding day. But she should have killed ten. <laughs> so she goes on a mission to find her. So she flies to Okinawa and she goes to the sushi restaurant and she chats with the guy there, the chef. And then eventually she reveals that she's there to see him. He makes these amazing Japanese steel swords. 
Um, What's his name? Hattori Hattori Hanzo. My dad would always whisper that. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I think he, I, I like that scene a lot. And I yeah, think my dad really likes it as well. There's this one moment where like she, Uma still is pretending that she doesn't speak Japanese and she doesn't know what's going on. Where like him and the tea guy mm-hmm. or like the drinks guy are like hold hands and like go over her head and she like really exaggeratedly like flips her hair over. And that has like stayed in my head forever. <laughs> I don't know why. It's so funny. I don't know. It's like so vi- like visceral, like the way she kind of like mm-hmm. Ugh, that made me really dizzy. <laughs> I like this scene because like you obviously know where it's going, but it still really like slowly builds to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she plays she plays the tourist so well yeah. too. Yeah, the, like in- action yeah. kind of cutesy. Don't um, go. I already said that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> like, good. Oh. So yeah, so she wait, wait, she eventually that? tells him that she's there to see him um, because he makes these swords. He takes her upstairs to show her his collection um and he throws a baseball at her and she chops it in half with the sword which is really cool um apparently that actually happens like uma really? thurman's stunt double actually cuts the, the baseball in half yeah okay uma thurman's stunt double zoe bell is uh-huh. one of my personal heroes <laughs> like she is this i really like that movie that she was in that he directed death proof i really like that movie mm-hmm. as well which makes me angry but she's like my personal hero first of all she started as a stunt double on Xena the Princess Warrior. Oh. And, like, oh. already I'm like, I love this woman. Second <laughs> of all, anytime you hear her talk, she seems like the coolest woman on the planet. She's just so cool and chill and fun. And hope she's rich. I, just I hope hang she's out. rich, too. She's rich, but probably has, like, <laughs> fractures all over her body. Because yeah, she just seems like the kind of person who's like, yeah, I'm up for it. A yeah. battle-wizened woman. Ooh, whoa. It's so cool. I want to be her. I want to meet her. That is cool. I don't think she does that much stuff anymore, though. Probably not. I think that's a pretty short career. Yeah. I mean, her legacy lives on. That's true. She's immortalized it's on new. this cool. podcast. <laughs> Good point. Zoe Bell, I love you. So, uh, what's his name again? The guy? Quentin Tarantino? No. <laughs> the sword guy. Quarantino? Uh, Hattori. 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 You he, have to whisper. He says that he no longer makes instruments for death. Um, he just keeps them for sentimental and aesthetic value and that he's retired. Um, but the bride's like, you have to give me one of these swords. <laughs> the person I want to make, I want to kill is a former student of yours. If you knew, you'd be, you'd, you'd be down. Me. Yeah. I feel like this is an example of them like explaining things that like don't matter. Like, or like when they do explain it, it makes it sound dumber. Like you <laughs> need true. to make me a sword because your student was Bill. And it's like, that does not entitle you to <laughs> yeah. this man's work. <laughs> like, I stop guess it. the idea is that Bill is so evil and bad, and mm-hmm. he trained Bill, and now he, I guess he ha- it feels responsible. Yeah, it is way. stupid. You're right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just give her the fucking. Sword. It's like moving the plot forward. Uh, sure, something, something. Yeah, go, very go. silly, and like she could easily kill him if he said no. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. Anyway, she gets this dope sword from him. It's one month later. He's made his finest sword. He presents it to her. Um, then we meet Oren's team, her lawyer, her bodyguard, her team of fighters. She's like the head of Japanese crime in general, basically. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> something, Love that for something, her. the Yakuza, something yeah. mafia in general. <laughs> so the bride flies to Tokyo. I can we talk about yes. the Yes. Why? <laughs> no, we don't have to even have to talk about it. Just why? The green screen 
like plane flying like scraping the edges of skyscrapers (laughs) why are we watching this it looked like a yamaha commercial like and it's and the sky is like this orange color and then also just like when she's in the plane the perspective out the window the plane is like flying like horizontally and the perspective out the window is like (laughs) like it makes no sense my brain like broke when i watched it and it's like unnecessary completely it doesn't do anything for the plot interesting um when you see the plane ticket it actually reveals what her name is and maybe that is like because you know in the vernita green scene Mm -hmm. they just bleep bleep out her name name. yeah and her name's beatrix yeah you learn that in the second one right yeah Yeah. they don't bleep Mm -hmm. it out in the second one but on the plane ticket you very briefly see in both plane ticket scenes um her name is beatrix kiddo and kiddo is the name that bill uses to refer to right which mm-hmm. you think is just like oh like yeah a cutesy nickname but like maybe that's why they put it in maybe but you don't have to see her on the actual plane also no, nothing i feel like it establishes some sort of like societal norms in this weird universe where you can just carry your samurai sword on the plane that's, true. that's <laughs> like, an excellent point everyone, everyone does has it. a sword <laughs> in their side this came out in 2003 this was post 9-11 this is not possible yeah. <laughs> so funny it's weird it's weird yeah that that scene is so incredibly unnecessary and after there being like these amazing practical effects throughout the whole film (laughs) this like horrible vfx is so glaring (laughs) it like startled me anyway she goes to this restaurant where oren and her crew are having a meal she holds the like she captures her like lawyer slash best friend hot like keeps her kind of hostage chops off her arm (laughs) All the people in the restaurant scream and leave. Um, then all of Oren's team come after her, and she basically immediately kills them all in this big fight scene. She fights Gogo, who's her bodyguard, right? Mm-hmm. She's like 17. She's like in her schoolgirl uniform. She's crazy. And another unnecessary scene is like when there's some voiceover, and Uma Thurman's describing like who. Uh, Lucy Liu's team is and like she's like and Gogo it's crazy and then they cut to a scene where she just like <laughs> stabs someone in the dick or something like in the you stomach someone to penetrate me it's yeah, like, it's, like what the why? hell why did you spend money on that I feel like this is his idea of like female empowerment yeah <laughs> oh this is 100% his idea which <laughs> yeah. is like it's so true but it's like why does it always have to be tied to like sex and like penetration yeah I don't know she agrees yeah. she's like wait yeah it's just, yeah, that scene, I was like, okay, first of all, she's 17. Like, there's two instances of, like, pedophilia in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, neither of them were necessary. If There's so many different ways to show us that she's crazy. Like, we know she's crazy. Look what she does for a living. I know. <laughs> Look at her weapon of choice. Yeah. A styrofoam. <laughs> um, what's it called? What, is what it? are those called? I want to say... Morningstar? Ball bear. Ball. It's like Spiky a... Spiky ball. It's like the the ball on the thing. I know that a Morningstar is... Aren't those like ninja stars? Shurikens? I, well, so I many words idea. I don't... Anyway, it's, it's, don't, there's it's a chain. It's definitely a very unique white weapon. At the end weapon. of the chain, there is a spiky ball, which also, upon pressing a button, releases blades. Which, why didn't she press the button the whole time, anyway? <laughs> but... I hate that prop. I always thought it looked so much like like a styrofoam painted. Yeah, and it definitely does. It, it doesn't, doesn't look, look sharp or menacing or, like... No, it doesn't look sharp. You're right. <laughs> you needed to add some reflection. It looks and dull. It does no weight in it. No, you can tell. But the actress who plays 
Go-Go mm-hmm. was in Battle Royale, which That's Quentin true. Tarantino said was his favorite movie. Oh, there yeah. you go. And, and she she's kind of like the lead in that movie, right? She's not necessarily the lead, but she definitely has the most sympathetic death. Um, I don't remember. She's like a runner. I could. I read the book too, and oh, I remember yeah. being very taken with this, okay, like, yeah. this character Defin- in the scene. I'm just remembering. I definitely saw Kill Bill and then was like, interesting. And I w- read about it, mm-hmm. and then that's why I watched Battle Royale, because I read that that was one of his... Um, influences, influences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then I was like I need to stop watching this <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> passed out <laughs> that's Truly. interesting though I wonder if he like wrote the part for her like, I, I, I I definitely think that because she was probably uh, I don't know she was my favorite part in the Battle Royale movie I thought she was the best actress because it was a bunch, of, it was bunch of like young kids right true yeah <laughs> <They're>, yes you're <laughs> right they're not very <laughs> none of them are that great and mainly they're screaming so yeah a lot of running away <laughs> screaming why did you do that dying love that so yeah so Gogo like clearly knows what she's doing fight wise but she still gets defeated by the bride the crazy 88 show up and surround the bride there, there's so many like weird names for things where I'm like I know that it's, they're like little Easter eggs for like all the nerd guys to figure out what the meaning behind them is and talk about it and seem smart. But like, like why do they have to have a name? Why do they have to be called the Crazy 88? Well, this is exactly why it's so frustrating, this movie, to me. <laughs> and like why I find it so annoying. It's like, what are you playing at? Like who, what, do you know why they're called that? Well, okay, the way I see it is like, if we can take this whole thing in the context of a boss fight, mm-hmm. like often these fights are separated into phases. Mm-hmm. So the first phase would be like the henchman, and then the second sure. phase is go go, right? So they all have like titles that you can sort of like recognize and progress through. So the way I think of it also mm-hmm. is that like, like when I'm playing, I don't know, when I'm playing games and say I get stuck on the go go phase, like mm-hmm. I know that's the phase I'm stuck on. I can like go on the internet and look it up <laughs> or something. Sure. But it's like you can like, identify different phases in a fight and so the crazy 88 having them instead of it just being like fighting a bunch of people it's like fighting 88 yeah exactly 88 people like i guess you know crazy okay that makes a good yeah but it's also sort of um it's all stylistic though in the same way like the dialogue and the sets and the blood and the fights it's just all a style choice Mm -hmm. yeah it's like Quentin Tarantino is constantly reminding us that everything in this movie is his choice you know what i mean it's he can't just let it happen he mm-hmm. has to make a point and he has to let the audience know that he is the master director who came up with all this shit and mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. There's also, in the Crazy 88 fight scene, at one point it goes to black and white. Yeah. Yes. And apparently this was to avoid censors. It because was. Because it was going to get... it was so bloody? Yeah. yeah it was avoid the MPAA the, wouldn't let it air. If um, it had too much like graphic violence and blood. And so he just... So, like she, she, so she like, I don't know, blinks or something. And it suddenly goes to like yeah. black and white. And the so, Japanese version is all in full color. Yeah. But he didn't mm. want to censor any of it. He didn't want to like... And so that yeah. was his choice. There's also a moment. And this is one of my very favorite moments in the Crazy 88 fight. Where she knocks out... I think his name is Johnny Johnny Moe. He's the sort of like captain of the Crazy 88. He's oh, the one with the two... The, the bald guy? Yeah. yeah. The sort of Darth Maul. <laughs> dual, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dual wield. <laughs> um, but she knocks him out. And then she like... I don't know, trapezes down to the lower level <laughs> and then like turns around and looks at Oren and it's like, it's like, yes, that's true. To me, that almost yeah. played out like a cutscene in an actual boss fight. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because it was <laughs> so well done. And it like was just a moment. And you know yeah. that like 
Oren now like acknowledges that she has to fight the bride. Yes, now and it it's was gone. like I'm getting like she knows what's mad coming. Yeah. Speaking of the soundtrack, uh, Riza from the Wu Tang Clan is the person who wrote, produced stuff for this film specifically, but also curated the soundtrack, which is very cool because I think that's maybe like one of the best parts of this. Yeah, film. I agree. During like, the fight scenes, the music is like truly like incredible. It, it is. It, it, it like rivals some of the games that I've played and their boss music, which make like I, fights iconic. Like, yeah, and it's it's so so good. It is I, amazing I have to, to have control of all of those moving parts and create something that's like so like for lack of a better word, epic. <laughs> like this scene is so crazy. There's so many people. There's so much blood. There's so much going on, and it is like beautifully executed. I don't like the stunt fighting in this movie it's really campy it's it's like a bunch of like there's like she's fighting like two people and then in the background there's like 10 extras like holding they their literally swords just, they're just like yeah, sort of on the left sort of on the right okay it's not my turn yet i'm just waiting yeah, back yeah. here okay. and I, I feel like the fights in this movie except the two um when when she fights vivian and when she fights oren the one-on-one fights are the one-on-one way better. fights are way better and i feel like the non-one-on-one fights are very messy but they don't really do any storytelling no you just mow through yes mm-hmm. she's just mowing but i think through. you're right it serves a it serves a purpose in in the like video gamey kind of way where it's like the next wave of like different type of obstacle to get to Orin. Like. yeah there's also like i think they they draw a lot of um inspiration from like samurai revenge films mm-hmm. and in, in a lot of these samurai revenge films they just mow through tons mm-hmm. of of mobs basically that's true <laughs> that's, that, that's like but it's to get to like the, the final main, yeah. the revenge and you get right. it and you're there and yeah but it is it feels silly and i don't know yeah I, i'm I not agree. the biggest fan of this that's fair at the end she like <laughs> and i like fight scenes mm-hmm. she like mm-hmm. cuts that guy's sword and like spanks him and is like go home to your mother yeah. <laughs> he's the only one not wearing a mask i'm not sure what the relevance of that was me neither to show that he's, he's innocent young? maybe yeah Maybe there's anyway, a moral I'm, lesson to I'm be sure Quentin Quarantino has an idea. <laughs> <laughs> what we're calling him in 2020. <laughs> yes. um, because we want him to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Never come And out. stop making yeah. movies. <laughs> so the, the bride and Oren showdown outside in the snow. It's they, winter. It's winter. It's suddenly yes. winter. <laughs> yes. Not sure when that happened, but the snow is falling and glistening. Um, very quickly, the bride gets slashed on her back and falls into the snow, but she manages to cut Oren too. And then like the fight is back on, um, the bride chops off the type, the top of Oren's head Mm -hmm. and she's like, wow, it was a good sword. And then she dies. (laughs) There's a lot to, um, go through here. (laughs) Yeah. This is a very simplified version of what is happening in this scene. I personally adore this scene. I think the use of silence is really well done, and especially in the beginning, because it's like a very quiet, still night. Mm-hmm. I mean, before you heard everybody just like uh, screaming, moaning, and like yeah. I feel like you should hear it, but the only thing you can hear is that um, sort of water feature, which like fills yeah. with water and then goes down and fills back up. Which is like in the foreground yes. while they're fighting. Yes. And I, I, it plays a part, especially when um, Oren gets slashed by the bride, because it's, I think, right after. Yeah. Um, Lucy Lou mocks her because yeah. she says something like, "Oh, like little Caucasian girl wants to play with samurai swords." Mm-hmm. But then, like, have you rehearsed? This? <laughs> no, but I'm like, I've watched it a lot of times, okay. and okay. I've definitely watched the scene a number of times because I love it so much. Like the yeah. music choice is very like, 
high BPM. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a very intense no, it's scene. A good scene. But there's also a fun tidbit here mm-hmm. where Oren says, she's like, I hope you saved your energy because if you didn't, uh, you might not last five minutes. And four minutes and 59 seconds later, <gasps> Oren dies. Oh, she okay, didn't even cool. need five minutes. Oh, yes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. One second more. But there's also a fun sort of thing going on where um, after Oren gets slashed, like the water feature tips, and that's when it's like, mm. oh shit, it's on. Like, mm. okay, that's it. That's the, the scales have like <clears throat> tipped. No, I like that water thingy. I think that added some. Yeah. I think that added. And obviously, like the white falling snow is beautiful, and like uh, Oren's wearing like a white robe. Which is really cool, and, and she looks stunning. She looks incredible. She, uh, uh, I know. Yeah, Lucy Liu is like it's just it's it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. You know what? Even in that horrible wig that they had her in the beginning, you know, when she in the chapel, yeah, the, weird that, like, flippy hair. Yeah, yeah, even in that wig, she looks like the most beautiful woman. If I wore that wig, I would look like I lived truly in like the town where where making a murderer was filmed. <laughs> Like she the most country bumpkin. I know. But she pulls it off somehow. I she, know. She pulls off literally anything. Like yeah. She looks so good at yeah, everything. She's, I think she was perfectly cast. Yeah, yeah. I think she was perfectly cast, actually, because he had written the role for someone else, and then he saw her in one... Like, remember that Western movie that Jackie Chan was in, in, like... Uh, Owen Wilson or something? Like some, oh, like... vaguely. I know. Some I, movie like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he saw her in that movie and was like, yeah, this is, she's going to be Oren. <laughs> she's going to be Oren. Yeah. She's so beautiful. She yeah. really is. Um, so yeah, they have this crazy fight. She dies. And then the bride goes and oh, takes. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to also just say the blood splatter in the snow. Love that. Beautiful. Yes. There's a similar thing in Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I remember being like, worst. whoa, sick. That's the worst <laughs> movie in my opinion. I liked it at the time. I don't really remember it. I watched it once. I don't remember it. I it wasn't remarkable enough for me to really remember how I felt about it. No, I'm yeah. lying. Hateful Eight was the worst one. Yeah, yeah that one bad. was, I remember being like, okay. I think that was around the time I made a conscious decision to stop seeing his films. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. There's something else I want to talk about. Because mm-hmm. I remember you were like, I don't know why she needed to say that it was a Hattori Hanzo sword. Because... She apparently was supposed to be decapitated by the bride. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, but then she won't be able to see that it's actually Hattori Hanzo's sword. Mm-hmm. And so they had to have it so that she gets like scalped. I was like, why not like stab her or something? And then she can like look down and see that it's a Hattori Hanzo sword. But she like, uh-huh. they needed to apparently acknowledge that it was a Hattori Hanzo sword because of, you know, the dialogue where she mocks and says like, Sosuke. Yeah, she's like, Well, I thought I that wrong. we had to make sure that we knew that it was Hattori's sword because it's so sharp. It's so much sharper mm-hmm. than other people's swords. Like, in comparison to a regular sword, she mm-hmm. can cut through it. That's mm-hmm. true. You wouldn't be able to just slice someone's head off. Like, to, yeah, to, exactly. To win the boss fights, she needs a boss fighting weapon. And she can't go in with, like, whatever. Any mm-hmm. old thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> any, old, any old samurai sword. Yeah. <laughs> you run of the mill. <laughs> and also, I guess, like, isn't Oren's thing chopping people's heads off? Yeah, that's why I was kind of like, I wanted... Yeah, to have her head chopped off. Especially when she has that, like, dialogue in the council when she's like, your motherfucking head. I mean, okay, how is this any different than if she just chopped her head off and her head spoke? Right. I, I, <laughs> it's just grosser, maybe? Yeah, I Harder guess. Harder to do? I also just, just like, her forehead is like, it never stops. Yeah, definitely a prosthetic. <laughs> like, yeah. the whole thing is like... We know Lucy Liu's forehead is not that big. <laughs> she's the perfect woman. Yeah. Hot takes on matinee on Lucy Liu's forehead. <laughs> That's what you come here for. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so the bride takes Sophie, the like best friend lawyer lady, into the trunk of her car. She's already chopped off her arm. She's like, I want answers. I'm going to cut something off for every answer you don't give me. And it's going to be things you're going to miss. Yeah. There's one thing I have to say that I think is so funny. Because after she deals with the crazy 88 and before she goes to fight Lucy Liu, mm-hmm. she's like, everyone can leave, but leave your limbs because those are mine. Except you, Sophie. You have to stay. And she actually stays. <laughs> I remember <laughs> like, thinking that as well. What? Girl, leave. <laughs> Nothing is obliging you to stay in this Yeah, you room. should run the fuck away. <laughs> yeah. Why are you staying? I remember thinking that was so funny. Sophie's a cuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sorry if I laughed too loud. Sophie so is actually, like, interesting. I, I remember when watching the film being like, who the fuck is this actress? Because mm-hmm. she's like, I think she's like a quarter, maybe I'm wrong. I, I remember. She's supposed to be half French, half Japanese. And I think that's what she is. And she speaks both really well mm-hmm. and English. Yeah, she does. Yeah. I was going to say, if we're going to rank the Japanese we hear in this Hers movie, is the best. Hers is the best. Yeah, other <laughs> than the actual the Japanese most, people. Like, yes, <laughs> true. <laughs> no, theirs is worse. <laughs> <laughs> she's an interesting character who like, we don't, do we see a lot more of her in the second one? Oh. I don't think so. No, and I don't, I don't, I don't think, think I've ever seen the actress. Me neither. Video. She's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. She is. And so hateable. So yeah, dumb. there's there's something very interesting about this character, but she's not really fleshed out very well. And she, uh, I guess the point is then at the end, she's like, I'm going to keep you alive so you can tell Bill everything I did and how like horrific it could be. And then at the end, we see like Bill with Sophie and he's like, is she aware that her daughter like is still alive? Her hair so grossly. It's yeah. disgusting. It's gross, but that's a pivotal moment. And that's what her role is, I guess, is like Bill meets her and asks her if she knows that the, the bride knows that her daughter is alive. Yeah, which she doesn't. Yeah, spoiler. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, spoiler. <laughs> but that's how it ends. That's how part one ends. Mm-hmm. Dope. Do you want, I mean, I don't, I've never seen it, but do you want to give like a brief summary of what happens in part two i, I don't okay. have to i vaguely remember that it's like a lot of traveling i okay. haven't watched it in a long time but it's like apparently there was a scene where she has to crash her car and so they actually yes. make Uma Thurman do it and she hurts her back and knees i want to i want to talk a lot about that actually because maybe we should up. just get into it right now okay unless you unless you want to go over the plot but it, i actually don't rem- I, don't, okay. I, I think i've seen it like twice but i don't remember it too well other than like certain scenes like i remember l's fight scene really really Same. well um, I remember she gets buried alive at one point. Oh, yeah. I remember her, like, busting out of the coffin. That's, like, an iconic scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. we go into a lot of the flashbacks of her training with her, um, like, sensei or whatever. Yeah. Who apparently, the sensei was supposed to be played by Quentin himself. Oh, God. Which is, like, Whoa. the most narcissistic thing ever. But I'm so glad that they didn't And actually... he's a terrible actor. He is. He's really bad. I gotta say, every time, every time he's in, like when he's yeah. in Pulp Fiction, I'm like, you can just tell he is in this movie to say the N word. Yeah, exactly. Like oh, I, that's it. <laughs> I can't stand when he's in his own movies. It's truly painful to watch. Um, but yeah, so Uma Thurman's like role in the whole like Harvey Weinstein debacle is very interesting. Ooh, do tell. So okay, Harvey Weinstein obviously is a producer of this film. Um, All the Steens are in this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Quentin Tarantino and Harvey Weinstein had a very close working relationship. Um, so Uma Thurman, when all the Harvey Weinstein stuff broke, people, like, I remember there was one incident where she was on, like, the red carpet for some place she was in or something, and people were, like, really hounding her to ask her what her thoughts were on the whole thing. And she said, like, I'm not going to talk about it right now because I'm too angry. 
and people were like really in, waited with baiting breath, bated breath to hear what she had to say. Um, and she eventually came out and did this interview um, where she re- like told her story about how Quentin uh, Harvey, Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein attacked her and like sexually assaulted her multiple times. Oh shit! Um, and how this was this was before this movie yeah because by the time of this movie she has just given birth to her second child with ethan hawk mm-hmm. yeah are they still together no 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 um drama <laughs> i think she's been married a few times like two or okay. three times but with him she had two kids yeah the yeah. one girl who's in stranger things mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so she had this situation <laughs> i know attention more <laughs> Even when she's sleeping. Not Uma Thurman. (laughs) The cat. We're talking about a cat. (laughs) So, yeah. So she had, um, she had a rough go of it because she had this incident with Harvey Weinstein and then she kind of had multiple incidents from the sounds of it, um, where he attacked her and, and she kind of like didn't take any shit from him. Um, but she had to see him because he was producing this movie and Quentin, she like had to go to a party that he threw for Quentin Tarantino and like, she had to kind of just like suck it up and like be, mm. she wanted to do this film because it was like a creative collaboration between her and Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. They created this character together. Um, so she ended up doing the film um, and just kind of like getting through it, even though all this stuff had happened with Weinstein and he had apologized to her and stuff. I think Quentin, she asked, she told Quentin about it. He confronted Harvey Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein was like, I'm sorry. But Aww, only because, yeah, Ugh. only because Quentin Tarantino, like, Barf. confronted him about it. Also, which indicates that Quentin Tarantino knew about all of this abuse yeah. for years and years. Oh my God, definitely. Of course, yeah. Which, like, isn't shocking at all. But anyway, um, so then she shot the movie. It was this creative partnership. And then this incident happened, shooting part two, where she had to do a stunt driving this car down this road and before they shot the scene um one of the like people one of the crew members came up to her and was like just a heads up like the car isn't really working very well it's a real shit yeah. <laughs> it's a real shitty car yeah, yeah i remember reading that and it was like and then she was like i don't want to do it i want a stunt person to do it and she had that stunt mm-hmm. person what's her name again zoe bell zoe bell um but quentin tarantino was like no you have to do it you have to do it. Like, please, yeah. you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's a straight road. Everything's fine. It's good. Anyway, she did it and she got severely injured. Shit. And she asked for the footage of the incident because she wanted to sue. And Quentin Tarantino and Harvey Weinstein wouldn't let her have the footage. Mm-hmm. So she says that after this incident, which left her with lasting physical damage, she said, I think this was 2018 when she talked about this, but she said that like she has lasting neck and lasting neck injury and her knee as you mentioned before was like fucked up um and that this moment to her felt like a turning point where she was no longer like a creative collaborator Mm. and she was she there's a quote from her um where she said they when they turned on me after the accident i went from being a creative contributor and performer to being like a broken tool fuck (gasps) that's that's so sad yeah especially because she makes the whole movie exactly she is the movie so she then apparently yeah she hasn't been in other films of his right well also apparently harvey Weinstein like threatened to ruin her career and stuff and but like she yeah she got into a huge fight with tarantino and then she had to do press for the movie with him the whole entire way Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. and like deal with harvey weinstein so she's basically dealing with these two men who completely 
betrayed her and like led to so much physical and emotional pain. No surprise that this changes my entire perspective on the movie. (laughs) It's very upsetting. Yeah. To have this history revealed. Mm -hmm. Um, and and Uma Thurman has also said that like so many women have come up to her and been like this movie really helped me through a bad time like a, through with my abusive boyfriend or like feeling bad about myself it was so empowering and it had this survival energy that was helpful but it's like behind all that is that sucks these, the horrible way she was treated mm-hmm. by these men involved with the film oh, I hate that and like if you think about it she doesn't even get like a it's like based on a character created by Q and you like Quentin I thought that Uma. was so annoying yeah I was gonna say and I remember thinking like what like is it just, is that like supposed to be the two why don't why don't I just write out their names right like, I'm I so that confused. was so annoying to me know, that feels like a top out yeah almost well, like the very least you could do to exactly acknowledge. her um, initial and not even like her last name I don't no. know it's so weird to me that this is like was it a creative choice because it wasn't very creative was it like an aesthetic choice because like, it didn't make the know. movie no. any more appealing to watch. No. I just don't get why he did it like that. It's they did her dirty. They did. They, they really they did. Absolutely the, did. The article ended with a, a quote that I thought was really interesting. She was like, I think that as little girls were conditioned to believe that cruelty and love somehow have a connection and that it's like the sort of, and that is like the sort of era that we need to evolve out of. So I, I think, love Uma yeah. Thurman. Yeah. I've God. St- we stand. We can't help it. <laughs> oh my we gosh. Can't. We have no choice. <laughs> we have no choice. After this. I, I, I was always, like, sort of, like, fascinated by her because she seems like such a ethereal person in a sense. Like, she's not, like, she's not um, traditionally beautiful. She kind of has, like, she's like features a weird that aren't look. super symmetrical and stuff. But she's, like, a gorgeous swan somehow. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she has this, like, swan-like mm-hmm. a hot oh. alien or oh. something. Yeah, and it oh, probably yeah. she probably has actually. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, ugh, yeah, and she's a great actress. She is. She's so fucking good. I can't imagine anybody. Physicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> in her like yellow tracks, like Bruce Lee tracksuit, like, geez, she like, she looks so good. She it's does. Iconic. It, it's so iconic, and like, I don't know. I, I feel like it lends itself also like the to like how dangerous that she appears like she isn't because there are some people where it's like say the outfit would wear her or the role would like Mm -hmm. she would you know what i mean like she fills the role so well she it just it almost feels like natural yeah like it's just natural you can tell that she played a part in creating this character because it she embodies it so well and it's such a shame that by the end of things she didn't feel like she was in control of Mm -hmm. that character can I just say in the pictures and on all the press, cause I, I like briefly like took a look at like the press that she and him did mm-hmm. for this film and like pictures from set and stuff. There's always this air that and th- I always had the sense that Quentin Tarantino was in love with Uma Thurman. Mm. Like I, tr- the way he talks about her and like in all the pictures, he kind of like has his arm around her mm. or something. And like, he may have been overcompensating. He's always like yeah. really close to her. I always feel like, I always got the sense that he was in love with her. Yeah. He definitely <laughs> has some problems with boundaries from the sounds of everything you've ever heard about him. Yeah. yeah. Including on this set um, and apparently on Inglorious Bastards too. Like he, if an actor wasn't like available to do something or if he didn't think it was being done well enough, he would be the one to like step in and actually choke people like he choked uma thurman he spit on her face what why the fuck like in place of the actor who was supposed to do it oh and my like God. apparently on inglorious bastards he like choked diane kruger i did hear about that and he yeah. like laughed about it on the graham norton show mm-hmm. and like 
Aren't there regulations against this I was gonna, kind of I, shit? Like, well, there are, but I guess when you're Quentin Tarantino, yeah, you you're just like, he's like, oh, can I choke you? Um, okay. And then he like actually chokes her because then you get like a, the performance. The performance, yeah. This costume. Yeah. That's actually horrifying. Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't know about any of this. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is good. Informed viewership. I know. It's important. But it sucks to have something that you love like ruined, but it is uh you can't not say these things i know it makes me love uma thurman even more Mm -hmm. i feel like you know anybody who was involved who knew about what he was doing like oh it's just it almost taints the movie for me and i think my mushu score is definitely going to be a little bit lower as a result yeah but (laughs) oh man it all it took was like an hour and a half (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of articles online that are like people really conflicted about this movie. Like women who are like, I've always thought of this movie as like being a really like badass, like this badass mm-hmm. feminist story. Um, and the character is that way, but the whole film itself isn't. It's like, you have to extract the good parts of this movie because there are good parts and there are empowering parts and like fun parts, but I don't want to give Quentin Tarantino any credit. Same, I feel the same. <laughs> yeah. Love this movie. Hate Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. 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 Can we cancel Quarantino? I know we're not doing cancel culture anymore. Cancel culture is canceled. (laughs) Everyone knows he's a piece of shit. Like, yeah. Did anyone see his latest? No. No. What's his latest? I kind of want to see it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, no, I didn't. I heard it was long Long. and boring. That's all his latest films, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that was like Hateful 88 for me. Or Hateful 88. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) He likes the number eight. Shocking. (laughs) Hateful 8. He likes the number eight and feet. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say the at least there was only one foot scene in this. There's multiple shots of feet. I mean, no, with but bare feet. Bare feet. Because. No, we see oh, Sophie's you're right. feet. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. You're so right. And we see Lucy Liu's feet when she's walking on the table. Oh, my God. I didn't even, like, <laughs> think about the feet on the table. Oh, my God. We also see her taking her her, her sandals off. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what is this this feet, this foot thing? I don't know. I, like, hate feet. Maybe Me I just, too. like put it out of my mind because I think feet are so disgusting. But I don't mind feet. I actually kind of like like that they showed Uma Thurman's ugly ass toes. I mean, they're <laughs> not true. ugly. They they're were fine. like well pedicured for somebody who has been comatose for four That's years. That's very true. I kept thinking about that. I kept thinking about her hair when she like woke up from the coma. I was like, she still has bangs. Yeah. Like, why? Who's cutting her bangs? And who's, who's the guy, the like rapist nurse? Yeah. Who's like manicuring and pedicuring her? <laughs> like, Truly. They must do that though. They must trim your nails when you're in a coma. Yeah, God, yeah. imagine if they didn't. You just wake up, you're like, <laughs> four years of growth. Curly. It says this article on screenrant.com by Adrian Taylor says, uh, yes, Tarantino has a foot fetish and he's not shy about it. It doesn't oh. seem to bother his actors either, as Uma Thurman herself let him drink champagne from her shoe. Oh, Margot Robbie shared that she felt the same as Tate about liking about not liking to wear shoes. Ooh, cringe. But yeah, it's true. Like they, these shots don't serve any purpose. They're just that he's like, like we got to get the feet. Maybe maybe he likes them because they're so gross. But maybe that's what people with foot fetishes. Have. There's like pictures. I just don't. Like, I don't want. <laughs> I just from the corner. Julia. <laughs> I just opened a picture of Quentin Tarantino kissing a foot. Ew. It's like that. I don't. I wouldn't hate that as a normal person. But it's fucking Quentin. Yeah, Quentin Booger Tarantino. He's so gross. He's a booger. He's a booger. 
He's like, <laughs> so I hate gross. the way he talks. Too. He's always like, mm, I'm Quentin Tarantino and I make movies because I'm a human encyclopedia of movies. <laughs> like, we get it. You're a nerd and you grew up watching movies because no one hang out with you. Yeah, can't you just be decent and make movies? It, to me, it's like the ultimate like film nerd loser guy who sucks <laughs> and like wants to prove so badly that he like understands cinema and like is has the greatest understanding of cinema yeah. and that he's seen every movie and he knows about all of the little easter eggs and he can clearly imitate the styles of the various films that he likes and like it just feels to me like he's showing off in Constantly. every film yeah. Yeah. why else would you Put yourself in your films and like make the credits. Like the way that the credits roll are always so blatantly like this is a Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. film. Yeah, you can literally tell it's this movie just from like the beginning, the very beginning before you even see any acting. And yeah, like, and then in the beginning of this, someone's like our feature presentation, yeah. and it's like one of my favorite things I've ever read is um, this compilation that was on McSweeney's <laughs> that was an oral history of Quentin Tarantino as told to me by men I've dated. Oh, and it was like I all these various already. men. It's all these paragraphs. Ugh, it hits home. Can you send it to me? Yeah. <laughs> can you guy? post it on the, send this to me too, yeah, actually. yeah it's by it? Ali Elkin. That um, sounds good. Actually. I feel like our listeners would, uh, I sent it. I remember I sent it to my, I was like, this is you. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. holy shit. It totally is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I think of, the men that have explained Quentin Tarantino to me and it fills me with a rage unlike any other knowing what we now know absolutely yeah (laughs) Yeah. and just in general I'm like okay cool like these movies are are good but they're not like the end-all be-all I don't know I don't understand what it is about like men in these films yeah I just I also feel like this movie didn't like reinvent anything it just like is a bit of an amalgamation of that's a very like it's an homage upon an homage upon an homage like kind of a hodgepodge of different styles I guess maybe it exposes people to these genres that they didn't otherwise know about I think you're right I think it's kind of like so like you know a bunch of like I didn't grow up watching like samurai films or like Japanese cinema or anything but like a lot of I think men did kind of like watch a lot of fight movies and like Mm -hmm. that kind of like sword and fight and revenge stuff and it really does hit hit all of those things on the perfect mark and it kind of normalizes it in western culture Mm -hmm. like quentin tarantino took all of the that japanese inspired and like asian inspired art form and like martial arts and whatever brought it in mixed it with a western and Which, like, like, brings up yeah. another larger question about cultural appropriation. It does. Yeah, because it's, like, a spaghetti western and samurai movie. Lady. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde lady with samurai sword. And it serves it up so well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we have a, a very, like, European, almost, like, what's, what a Scandinavian-looking woman who is immersed in Japanese culture mm. and, like, is doing all the Japanese stuff even better than the actual, yeah. you know... Japanese mob, Japanese, Chinese, American mob boss. (laughs) Did you feel like growing up loving this film? Like, did you have discussions about it with like bro kind of guys? Uh, I mean, (laughs) it begs the question how many bro kind of guys I even knew in the first place. Um, It was mostly like, just like nerdy people Mm -hmm. that are kind of into like the fantasy. Cause often like the fantasy is that like, it's accessible for everyone without the context of like culture Mm. where like, of course, this blonde woman is a samurai master. Like, that's the fantasy. But, like... Good point. Mm-hmm. So it definitely plays into a lot of fantasies, especially, like, these dudes where it's, like, hot, thin, young, blonde, blonde bombshell mm-hmm. woman. Like, 
kicks ass with a samurai sword. It's like, yeah, I can see why that would tickle everyone's fancy. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it feels very self-indulgent. It does. Yes. Yeah. Definitely self-indulgent. Yeah. Because you could have easily, I don't know. I feel like you could have easily said it as like, Oren as the bride being the samurai master. I feel like that would have, I don't know if it would have made more sense, but yeah, why not? Like I can, Lucy Liu. yeah, I mean, I could see it. I don't know. Going either way. I could, she would do a great job. She would She's do the great. only person, the only other person. I, all the others. It's like, I, I don't understand how there's so many, like non like Japanese people engaging in all this like samurai I mean, stuff. At least there's like, samurai stuff. I don't, I don't even call it. <laughs> yeah. Like Bill is also supposed to be a samurai master. Yeah. He's like, like, what? <laughs> I just don't get it. But I mean, at least we have like, uh, an Asian woman who kicks ass and a black woman who kicks ass as well. It's but true. Yeah. They the die. Viper Squad yeah. is very diverse. I do love that they are murdered. I do I do love that like Uma Thurman despite all like the sexual assault in the movie, I do love that her battle gear is very non sexual. That's true. I was gonna say, like I was just thinking like are the women sexualized unnecessarily? I mean apart from all the rape and the <laughs> yes. child rape. The trauma porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trauma porn. Is, is Luckily well for her, he was a pedophile. <laughs> I, that line made me want to die. <laughs> she also says it was such like an upbeat tone. Like, lucky for her. I mean, I understand there's like he an element of sarcasm in there, but like, it's a gross line. It's super it gross. Didn't but it, it's there. true. Like, he doesn't outright sexualize them, but we do see them as like sexual beings, and like, um, they serve a purpose towards men, and mainly. That is for yeah. sex. And like their driving force as characters in a story is that they were raped and yeah. now they have to have revenge because it's the same for both Oren and um, the bride. Well, I guess they weren't that they were raped, but like that their families died plus a little bit of rape thrown in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's sprinkle. Yeah. It's just a little sprinkle of rape. It's true. The, the, the rape is the catalyst for much of the plot. Um, and it's, it kind of lumps it in with this like glamorization of the violence and the uh-huh. like not to be like one of those like Christian moms who's like this movie will well, make you, have you the gay and like imagine if this is the movie that they thought will make you gay like, I mean <laughs> this is what life without the police is. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> this movie would be like defund it's the true. police you really want to defund the police <laughs> This is what happens. Samurais every gay samurais everywhere. <laughs> what, what more could you want? What yeah. if the crazy eight, eight are all like gay? That's great. That'd be fun. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I mean they're it's all true. like the no I police present. I mean, <laughs> you can bring a samurai. Sword There's on weirder the plane. shit out there. I'm down. <laughs> but it does feel like this sort of like fetishization of like women create like being violent because of their sexual assault, even though it was like no getting into her psyche and like what she went through and like or like yeah, that's healing true. from it or like it's literally just like revenge she got raped yeah. now she got a revenge yeah, yeah it's pretty good. which is it's not an exclusive problem to Tarantino no this film no, no. like it's you know a whole yeah thing. I, I rape like, as a plot line and yeah. as like as a catalyst for anything is like very dubious yeah yeah that's what I was gonna say mm-hmm. it's like Anytime you throw it in there, especially with women, like you, it always seems to be like the point for women. I think you could throw it in there for men, but you don't see it often. You almost never see it. Yeah. No, I can't even think of a single example. Also, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna say, oh, I guess Pulp Fiction when. Oh, I hate that movie <laughs> with all of my being. I, oh, it makes me so mad. I don't know why I hate it so much. 
I do know, but I just I I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it since. Don't high yeah, don't, don't do don't it. Don't rewatch. Don't it. give it's him the view awful. on Netflix. Yeah, fair enough. It's really long too. It is really long. I also don't really get it. That's definitely a movie. There's that no I like. point to there's, it. That's yeah. why I hate it. I will admit to the fact that I watched that movie because the guy I had a crush on liked it. It's okay. We forgive you. Thank like, you, Maria. Fun. You know how many <laughs> forgive me, Father, for I've seen. <laughs> One time, I went on a date with a guy who was. We were gonna watch a movie together, and he gave me a bunch of options, and I chose an ink a Bergman film because I thought I was going to impress him. Yeah. And I was, it was persona and I was like, uh, not, not really that wasn't the film. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. Okay. We all do stupid yes. things, but that's part of what makes me so mad is I'm like, I hate that I wanted to impress this guy who thought that this was like the height of cinema. If, if you walked, okay. If you walked into a guy's room and he had a Pulp Fiction poster, like a big one, would you leave? Um, I don't know if that's a deal breaker for me. I would definitely bring it up and be like, you like Pulp Fiction though. I think, okay, I didn't know all these things that we just talked about. Okay. <laughs> so knowing what I know now, I'm kind of like, uh, on the Pulp Fiction, like, I think it's a good movie because it's like just good mm-hmm. acting. Like yeah. people who are in it do a good job. And, and it's like interesting dialogue for the first half of the movie. Yeah. Also Uma Thurman, I, I just, I stand True. so hard. True. She is, and I just think she's so good. The first half of Pulp Fiction is a good movie. Yeah. The second half is a tragedy. <laughs> It's like a disgusting film. Yeah, I also just like don't get the point of it. Like I can enjoy yeah. it, but I also kind of think I'm too stupid for it. If that makes sense. No, you're not. For you. <laughs> Take that back. Uh, no, I'm not too stupid. I swear. If anyone ever tells you that you're too stupid for Pulp Fiction, I will personally strangle them. Yeah. <laughs> just like Quentin strangled. Um, the- oh my god. <laughs> oh, we're moving it all the way it back. back around. <laughs> like I just, I, I, I hate. It's not even really about Quentin Tarantino himself, but I feel like he is this person, but he's like this, this like, uh, like figure of worship for these like men who think that they like know everything about cinema mm-hmm. and like what is good and what art is good and like want to police yeah, culture, vultures. culture and like think that if you haven't seen these movies, you're uncultured or like. It, like I don't know it's just a particular type of person the guy who loves mm-hmm. Tarantino you and know, loves and, and he pretends that it's so niche and so like having watched these movies makes you some sort of cinema yeah huge cinema his movies are so mainstream these days and like I feel like he doesn't really produce anything that's like groundbreaking no, anymore no. maybe at one point that's Kill what I'm going to say. I'm going to be like, Tarantino's too mainstream for me. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Powerful. We stand. <laughs> so I feel like we could probably talk for like another two hours. Uh, yeah. How much we hate. About how much Quentin. we hate Quentin Tarantino now? Yeah. Absolutely. But like the thing is, I liked this movie. Yeah. I hate to say it. Yeah. You hate to hear it. But, you know, at least Uma Thurman did play a part in creating this character. Like, there was the input of a woman at some point. Can we separate the film from the creator? That's the question. That's the age-old question. The director as an auteur is the... Yeah, I don't know. It, like, totally skews my... Mushu rating of mm-hmm. the movie, I think. What were you going to give it before? I was going to give it a four to five because okay. I think it's like really cheesy. Obviously, there's some plot holes, but like I think as like an action, you know, samurai spaghetti western, it is, you know, it was, it's just really, it, it entertained me a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. And I love, you know, the villain. I love that they, 
you know, I love the fight scene. I think it was well-directed. It was cinematic. It was, like, elegant. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was just, like, you know what I mean? There's a lot very of things. very memorable. It's, yeah. A lot of the things from this film kind of stay with you. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's because they're well done. Yeah, exactly. And that's what pains me the most because Quentin is such a shithead that it's, like, <laughs> honestly, after hearing what I heard and, like, how angry Uma Thurman is as, like, a creator and, like, a contributor to it and then still feeling like she wasn't mm-hmm. one out of five. Wow. Wow. I'm like, yeah, it like totally turns me off. I almost am like, want to apologize for no. bringing this movie no, 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 to, no. The, to the podcast. <laughs> that unfortunately, so many things we love are rooted in horrible behaviors mm. of people, especially in film. I feel like film is like, in, in terms of like the arts, it's the most fucking disgusting when you like look mm, deeply music into Music is pretty it. bad too. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. Unfortunately, you cannot remove the person from the art. And like if the art is good and sometimes it's valuable to watch or at least reflect on why you liked it and why you don't like it in the same way now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you should apologize at all. No, because this, I really enjoyed this movie as well. And yeah. I knew all this stuff going into it. What do you rate it? I would give it 2.5. It's not really like my cup of tea generally. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not like super into violence or even like action really, but like I'll, I appreciate like a well done action movie. I just thought like the characters really, I mean, even the bride doesn't really have that much depth to her. We don't really know anything about her. Mm-hmm. The plot is really simplistic. Yeah. yeah. And like Quentin Tarantino talks about this a lot for this movie, because this is his biggest like action movie so far uh, that he's done. And he was like, yeah, I kept the plot really like, Simple Which I, I think is wise, for a reason. But at yeah. the same time, when we have all these things, like there's just so many things that I her think are unnecessary baby, like, yeah. that I think could have gone towards like a little bit more character development. Um, it feels kind of empty, yeah, because you you you're totally right because you put this character with so much. I mean, that's fine. I don't think every movie has to be like that, but I think about a movie like Mad Max: Fury Road, which is like an incredible action movie, it's a really good and movie. is like so thrilling, and you're on the edge of your seat, but you also like feel for the characters and like you feel like you know them in a way that Mm. you don't in this film so it's like it is possible to just have like a fun action romp and then like still have characters that are like handled responsibly yeah um which i feel like this film doesn't really do but at the end of the day i did enjoy myself watching it yeah that is something that you're right about the archetypes Mm -hmm. but i think that's kind of the point yeah, I think it's supposed to be palatable because there's so much going on. It's supposed to be palatable for like, you know, the early 2000s yeah. American audience. Yeah, and I think like the archetypes are almost like an homage to these traditional yeah. characters of the films that inspired him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what this, do you, this was 2003 when this movie was released. What do you give it? Man, I don't know. If you asked me the first time I watched this when I was like a teenager, I would have given it five out of five. But like the more, you know... I, and you know since then I've like learned about Quentin you know I saw what he looked like I saw him <laughs> talk you know you saw him look a foot <laughs> you know, now that's permanently etched in my brain thank oh, you Julie. I love the soundtrack the soundtrack I give five out of five oh. Uma Thurman gets five out of five yes I don't think I can separate this movie from Quentin especially because Quentin himself makes such a point of inserting himself into the movies so for that reason, that's true. 
He's very much an auteur. So if you're talking about his film, you're talking about him. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it a 2.5 as well. And like, I wish I could erase him from this movie. Yes. I guess it begs the question, does it hold up? Like... I think it's the same deal. It, like, it holds up. It's fine. Like, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Even though it was made in 2003. Like, so many films from 2003 don't. And I think this one does. But at the same time, well, I don't know if it'll... Yeah. I don't know. The, like, uh, the like sexual assault plot lines and stuff yeah. to me don't hold up. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I was thinking more, like artistically like as a, oh you yeah. know what i mean yeah filmically it's, filmically it yeah. does but you're right like the topics that it explores are done kind of insensitively mm. even like the loss of her child like we only see that for one one minute scene her grieving it yeah, yeah. and that's her entire motivation for mm-hmm. basically exactly and we never get any even though we have voiceover from her yeah we don't hear any of her interior thoughts, really. No. Other than, like, her narration of explaining who people are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very strange film. Very singularly motivated. Yeah. It seems. It's revenge, revenge, Yep, revenge. just literally plain. Yeah. Plain revenge. It's, and I think you made a good point, Connor, about, like, a lot of these, a lot of things... You just suspend disbelief about a lot of things. Yeah, you have like, to. Like, there's a lot of shit in this movie where you're like, that makes no sense, but <laughs> okay. And I just feel like we wouldn't afford everyone the same grace. No, absolutely. You know? I feel like that's why those scenes, like the fucking airplane scene with the samurai swords in the plane, it's like, they have to put that in because it, like, confirms how goddamn outrageous this world is. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. obviously well, it isn't real fine. life. Like, the world can be outrageous. It's just having to be... <laughs> good mm. and don't be a shitty person yeah that's the bottom line stop licking your feet <laughs> didn't ricky gervais like make a jab at quentin tarantino at some award speech about his Probably. like love of feet and quentin is like <laughs> like looking so pissed i think that's just his it face it's like dude don't put <laughs> so many feet in your film if you don't want people to know you have a foot fetish <sighs> right no but he's not trying to hide it it's that's kind of i know so you can't be embarrassed part. when people yeah. joke about it just be like, yeah, dude, I love feet. Yeah, own it. Yeah. I love it's feet. Alien. Maybe he should channel some of his energies into his foot fetish so Instead that he stops making films. Making <laughs> I'm sure he has enough money to like retire forever. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he supposed to not make any more movies? Isn't that what the thing was with Oh, them? that's good news. He was going <laughs> to We like that. Uh, I don't even know. I, I don't I was going to do more research about him, but then I was like, do no. I want to have these things in my brain? No. Yo, apparently, Kill Bill 3... Mm-hmm. Is supposed to be a thing. Really? He said, because remember, in when um, she kills Vernita Green and her daughter is there looking right. looking totally emotionally uninvested in her mother's death, <laughs> which she just witnessed, she's like, if you're still raw about it, um, come and find me. Mm-hmm. So apparently Kill Bill 3 would revolve around Nikki, mm-hmm. Vernita's daughter. Really? Yes. But they, he was like, it would have to be like 10 years later so that... Um, you know, she gets has time to grow up. He could do it now. Yeah. He, he could, but yeah. that would mean that he'd be making more movies. It's true. So maybe if he, I don't know, did a whole lot of therapy, yeah. <laughs> he could make the movie and I'd be okay with Ugh, it. But God. I don't know. What a guy. Truly a, a, a character himself. Very polarizing. Yeah. I did not realize, because a lot of the research I did on this movie was just like, fun facts about mm-hmm. Kill Which are great to know as well. Yeah. I super interesting. Like, I just didn't realize there was so much 
like recent sort of unearthed trauma there. Yeah, with all the Harvey Weinstein stuff. I didn't know about stuff. the Uma stuff. Yeah, I'm really, that's really disappointing. I remember seeing the interview with her on the red carpet where she refused to comment and being kind of like mad at her. And then she was eventually like, I was basically just scared I was going to start crying. I needed Aww. time to like gather my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we'll give Uma Thurman five mooshoes. Yeah, definitely. Lucy Lou, five mooshoes. Yeah. Oh, fuck. She can take all of them. <laughs> six mooshoes. Take, take <laughs> mooshoes. Just take it. <laughs> take the mooshoe. Oh, my God. I would pay so much money to, like, see Lucy Liu holding mooshoe. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> she would be blessed. She was in Toronto recently for something. <gasps> Why was she here? To pet mooshoe. <laughs> she didn't realize it, but. <laughs> this is, like, kind of, like. That was like one of the reasons, like the early reasons why I wanted to get into like the film industry was to like schmooze with like celebrities and stuff. And then I realized very quickly that like that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You're like just some like even if like a celebrity is around you, you're like just some like nerd with, yeah. a, with a fucking like with, what are they called? Walkies just going around like <laughs> with a clipboard yeah. Okay, yeah go over there now yeah and you're like sweating on one side it's not very glamorous it's not glamorous but you did get to look at josh jumel's butt a lot mm. <laughs> good times good memories <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly well this has definitely been an interesting uh thought experiment <laughs> yeah informed viewership a lesson yeah in. that's the that's our whole thing yes like watch it if you want to but like you should be know. mindful <laughs> yeah just be mindful more so this was a fun discussion yeah thank you for um don't don't apologize yeah. <laughs> okay. thank you for for bringing this idea to us and and my hangover's gone i think <gasps> oh my god i feel much more present that's beautiful oh my god that's so beautiful yeah, talking about social justice yeah <laughs> removed hangovers everyone my hatred for quentin tarantino got me out <laughs> yeah. maybe you like transferred it to him somewhere wherever he is revenge yeah i think the trauma of the foot kissing pictures that was pretty gross that kind of removed the chemical i would like to make a movie where brain. a woman gets revenge on quentin tarantino for all of the like shitty men she's dated who like loved his movies i actually kind of love that it'd be kind of funny <laughs> that's something to something to explore it yeah. feels like a real plot too like a24 would produce that <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah fuck yeah <laughs> okay new goal yeah why not I'm unemployed now. I'll write the script. It's, uh, for, it's Quentin Quarantino. But that means I have to watch so many Quentin Tarantino films to like get it stylistically down. Fuck. I mean, you know the type of person who watches, so you're halfway there. That's true. Actually, you know what would be really edgy? If you didn't watch the movies. That's how much of a fuck you to him this Oh, is. yeah. That'd be great. Then I become really famous in interviews. I'm like, I've actually never seen any of his films. Mm. <laughs> I actually don't know what a foot is. <laughs> no feet scenes here. Yeah. Everyone is like wearing seven layers of socks and shoes in my film. <laughs> to preserve foot modesty. Yeah. No feet were harmed. No feet reviewed or harmed yeah. or featured in the making at. of this film. <laughs> glanced at. <laughs> um, well, on that note, I think uh, we should thank Connor for such a lovely discussion and yes. film thank, thank you. you so much for having me oh my gosh come back for sure Thanks. it was a very fun and um follow us on instagram guys and buy shirts as we mentioned at the beginning of the show 
And give us suggestions and people who you know, or if you want to come on and we know you, no strangers, please. <laughs> you can be a stranger. Now. Yes, as long as you, you don't be. like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, exactly. As long as you have a hatred for Quarantino, you're good. Quarantino. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.